Just like most episodes, this one contains strong language. Who are Kenyatta and Jack? We're just friends who are Gen Xers, former Air Force brats, parents, taxpayers, and citizens of the Earth. And we're here to save it one podcast at a time. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the second part of our exploration of black exploitation films. As always, I'm Kenyatta. With me, of course, is my co-host Jack and our special guest Tim. And in this second part, we are going to review and recap one of the gems of the black exploitation genre, 1972's Blackula. Starring William Marshall as a Nigerian prince named Mamawalde, who is cursed during a visit to Count Dracula in the 1700s and is cursed to live as a bloodthirsty undead vampire. He awakens almost 200 years later in 1972 Los Angeles and discovers his reincarnated beauty of a wife in all those millions of people. It makes it a point to try to get her back. And in the meantime, chaos ensues. And it is this chaos that we are here to talk about today. Yes. I uh, I have to say, even though there was some corniness and some <laughs> corny plot points, I enjoyed the movie and I'm going to watch the sequel. <laughs> now, there was some, there was some corniness in there and... The speed at which Tina fell in love with with him was rather fast. Yeah, that was, that was interesting. <laughs> she went from scared shitless to I love you, don't leave me. Just say night. Basically. That's all she wrote. Bloop. <laughs> Tim, what, a- what, were your, what were your first thoughts on this? Well, yeah, current thoughts. First of all, thanks for having me back. Of course. Look, it was funny. (laughs) It was just funny. I could have made my own Keenan Ivy Wayne spoof off of that just alone by Mm -hmm. watching it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The concept was a good concept, but it's just, it was just funny. Yeah. I I found it hilarious that it's the 1780s. He's talking with Dracula about ending the slave trade. Right. But he's wearing a modern tuxedo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like that was that that suit was beautifully cut. But not for nobody's 1780. Are you yeah, kidding? He had a tailor-made. Meanwhile, his wife is sitting over here in tribal garb. Yeah. <laughs> what? With nice. blue eyeshadow to boot. Nice tribal garb. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. His wife, uh, Luva, who was played by the gorgeous uh, Vanetta McGee, which uh, we mentioned her on our previous episode. Um, so, yes, Count Dracula is like, no, I don't like you talking to me like that and telling me I need to get out of the transatlantic slave trade. So I'm going to curse you. <laughs> He's like, why? Why would I want to do that? I mean, this Dracula was kind of a dick. <laughs> but he really he's was. All, <laughs> he's all, why would I want to do that? <laughs> and then... Then, to add insult to injury, not only does he curse the prince to live as one of the undead, but then he pulls a, a renaming on him. Yes. And decides to call him Blackula. I had issues with that. But I was I was giggling in the first five minutes where after the prince lays out his his demands for ending the slave trade and Jackula was like, nah. And then he starts talking crap to him like, you know, I could take you and put you in the slave trade and your gorgeous wife. And yeah. as soon as he insults his wife, the prince is like, sir, are you ill? Mm-hmm. I busted out laughing. <laughs> the way he said it, he was straight faced like, for real, yeah. dog? What? <laughs> yeah. He bites him, curses it- him, puts him in a coffin. <laughs> 
lets his wife die, and then he has the dignity to wake up in 1970s Los Angeles. Yeah. One of the things I noticed was the fight choreographer had to have been the fight choreographer from Star Trek, the original series, because those fights were like almost identical. And he even at one point does the Captain Kirk, you know, put your hands together and hit a guy on the back. Yeah, Yeah. that is in the movie. (laughs) Fantastic. Fantastic. So uh, almost 200 years passes. And the coffin that he's locked in is sold uh, crate and barrel along with the other possessions in Dracula's council castle to a pair of Los Angeles interior decorators, Billy and Bobby Mm -hmm. and Billy and Bobby take their loot back home and they're going all through it and, you know, discovering their treasures and what's in the coffin, open the coffin. And of course, this is the part where the audience looking at the movies, like don't open the coffin. Right. But of course they open the coffin. So yeah. (laughs) And they get a surprise. <laughs> the funny thing is, is for a movie that later on sort of becomes a stereotype, the stereotype they use of uh, gay interior design is like the spot on perfect stereotype that everybody does. Yeah. <laughs> Which was sort of funny to see looking back, you know, with a modern lens. And, and, it's, it, and it's funny that... Um, when he woke up from the coffin, he never asked where he was. Yeah, uh, he just he just rolled up and just started causing havoc and biting yeah. folks. Like, well, he was hungry. True, <laughs> been two hundred years. It been almost two hundred years. That is true. And he was also probably just a little bit mentally disturbed. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> think about it. This is some. These are the things I think about. Don't judge me. Like. We, especially you're talking about vampires. They're long lived. They can live hundreds and sometimes maybe a thousand years. And all those years, everybody that they know eventually dies. Wouldn't that mess with you just a little bit to be alive that long? Right. Yeah. And have the people that you may have come to care for die in your eyes and you just keep going. Right. You just keep going. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And do you think there would have been a scene where he's like looking around Los Angeles going, the fuck? Yeah. It's dirty yeah. as hell out here. Yeah. <laughs> he walk- Look, he was walking around there like he just came from the corner store. He did. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it was like, and when he got hit by the car. Yeah. I was, he got hit by the car real hard. Remember, they didn't have them kind of cars back in eight, 1780. At right. horses. Yeah. <laughs> so why didn't he ask, what is this contraction? Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah. Like, like, what is, what is, you know, what is this, and who are you? And then the lady cab driver Juanita, you know, has a few choice words for him until he makes that face of her, and all of a sudden she's like, "Oh, it's cool, it's yeah. cool. Just, just be careful yeah. when you walk out in the street." But it was too late for her. Well, because she kept talking too much, she didn't run. Exactly. That that was the mistake. She should have ran. Um, exactly. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna fire out the trailer real quick. Uh, just so everybody can once again it's a 70s trailer a little different we discussed that in the last one but i think this sort of will set up a lot of great qualities to this to this film you shall pay black prince i curse you with my name you shall be blackula blackula the Black Avenger, rising from his tomb to fill the night with horror. Blackula, Dracula's soul brother, deadlier even than he. You know, he is a strange dude. You're a nut that ran in front of my cab. You're the only imbecile on this street. Boy. Blackula. <laughs> Look at man, you found I mean, uh, you got to be around here somewhere. I mean, now listen, you, well, you take your hands off of me. I don't know you. He thirsts for your blood. He hungers for your soul. Warm young bodies will feed his hunger. Hot, fresh blood will quench his awful thirst. Thank you. I'm Bloody Mary. Are you, um, into the occult? No! How about the, uh, 
heavy stuff. What do you think of vampires? Vampires? I think they're possibly the most fascinating ball. More horrifying than Dracula. The Black Avenger. Black Avenger. From American International Pictures. I love it. I love it. I have to say that the narrator for the trailer was the late, great Adolf Caesar. Um, And he did a lot of work during his career, a lot of stage work, one of which that he was um, noted for was a production called A Soldier's Play, which which was later brought to the screen as a soldier's story. Excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Excellent movie. And in both the play and the movie, um, Caesar played Army Sergeant Vernon C. Waters, who is murdered at the beginning of the story. And the rest of the story is uh, the investigation of who did it. And the sergeant commands an all-black platoon in an army base, I think it's somewhere in Alabama, in the 1950s. So Caesar himself was an iconic um, actor for his time. And some years later, he's this is probably what he's probably best known for, is playing Danny Glover's father in A Color Purple. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah, old mister is what they called him. Oh, yeah, yeah, because he played in A Soldier Story. That's right, yeah. Yep. And um, so he has a very distinctive voice and a very distinctive acting style, but he had a very distinctive voice. And I think it fit perfectly for him narrating this trailer with the way his voice is real gravelly in, in the first that, that was him narrating the trailer, yep. Never knew that. Yep. And I, I absolutely I actually love him as an actor and I thought it was so fantastic that he, he narrated this trailer. I was like, Oh, look at that. So I had to I had to get that tidbit in there. So Dope. So <laughs> you guys are gonna think I'm crazy. But as I was watching the movie, there was a scene there at the very beginning that reminded me of a scene from a different movie entirely that's one of my favorite series of all time. I have no idea if this was intentional, but I'm going to play like this 30 seconds and tell me if you guys agree with me or if I have gone completely insane. All right. You shall pay, Black Prince. I curse you. With my name, you shall be Blackula. Blackula. The force is strong with you. A powerful Sith you will become. Henceforth, you shall be known as Darth Vader. Exactly. <laughs> no, you're not insane. You're not. When he's, you think he's about saying, it, he's saying that his favorite movie ripped off Blackula. I I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised George Lucas had seen that. I, well, I, I mean, know. the whole Star Wars franchise was like all of these other sort of things slapped together, and he's of the age where he would have seen that movie when it. You know, yeah. when it came out, and maybe he did. Maybe there is a hint of <laughs> of that in there. Now, there's pretty much the same. This is probably the style of um, trailers back then, too. That's true. That. Probably was just the style of it. Yeah. But I'm going so, to take, take a leap of logic and say this is one of those instances where you have someone that has a considerable amount of control, and he's imposing his will on somebody. And so the best way to do that is to snatch their identity from them and rename them. Yeah. Well, yeah. That, that's the kind of impression that that gives me. No, you're not. No, you're not off base, Jack. Not at all. And George Lucas is a huge film buff. He loves movies, TV, all of that stuff. So if he snuck in a tribute, an Easter egg tribute, I, it wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't yeah, surprise me either. Yeah, definitely. Influence is pretty big in um, the arts. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh, we yeah. wouldn't be who we are if we did weren't influenced by somebody else. Mm-hmm. Definitely that. But here's here's my thing. Coming back to Black the the movie is how did Momo Alde and I'm I'm I and I should just add I like the fact that he introduced himself to people with his actual name. Like nowhere yes. nowhere in the rest of that movie does anybody call him Black. 
Right. They all call him by his actual name. And I appreciate that they stuck to that part. And he never said, I am black. Yeah, he never said any yeah. of that. He never says it at all. Yeah. No, he just says, I am Mama Walde. And that's what everybody else refers to him as. You know, never mind your man's is walking around strictly at night in a full dress suit and a cape. That's okay. It's 1972 Los Angeles. It's cool. It's cool. <laughs> yeah. Wearing his 200-year-old modern tuxedo. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> fresh from the dry cleaners. He was yeah. fresh to death, if I, if I could say that. But out of the millions of people that were in Los Angeles at the time, you just happen to run into the reincarnated version of your late wife just yep. at random. And she happens to be at the funeral of one of the first people you kill. Slash turn. How is that? Conveniences. It's called plot, it's called plot device. <laughs> of course it is. We wouldn't have a movie without it. <laughs> but I, I love the coincidence. And, you know, the first time they show her at the funeral home, when she comes in with her sister and, you know, the doctor, her sister's boyfriend, she's dressed in the hooded cape. And then right. they do the dramatic reveal where she takes the cape back and you see who it is. You're like, oh. <gasps> That's the wife. Yeah, now she old. Now reincarnated <laughs> two centuries later as Tina. Yeah. So yeah, I was like, okay, that's interesting. Not you know, not entirely surprising, but interesting. I can dig it. But um. Yeah, that was hilarious to me. It was. It was. It was just. It just tickled me so bad. But it, um. <laughs> it, it's right after this where he sees her and then he starts chasing her. Yes. And in part one of this, I mentioned that there's a shot-for-shot shot scene from I'm Gonna Get You Sucka. And mm-hmm. that's the scene where she's being chased by the bad guys right before oh, yeah, she turns yeah. around and goes cramps. Yeah. Well, yes. in Blackula, he's chasing her. And the way the scene is framed and all of that, and yeah. the way she's walking, yeah, it's like almost shot-for-shot. Shot. That's true. That's true. And as I saw that, I'm like, oh, they... There's an Easter egg tribute right there to to this movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And thought that was kind of cool. And yeah. then the other funny thing after that, because she, spoilers, drops her purse for him to pick up. But she goes to her apartment, but she doesn't have the key to her apartment. Why doesn't she have the key to her apartment? Because it's in the purse. What does she do? Does she go and get the landlord or maybe a neighbor? Nope. She walks over. There's a like a mailbox opens it up and it's everybody's spare key right there in the hall and I'm like, like that's not secure at all not one bit not one bit hilarious like I will I will say this though and this is this is one of those familiar uh, elements of black black exploitation movies that you can count on there being some very good music. Yeah. Oh, yeah. In a lot of these, like in this one, you have scenes where they have an actual band performing. And I'll just say right out, the score for this movie was off the chain, beginning with the theme music that we played at the very top of the episode, the opening credit theme music. And I want to say, because I'm a fan, you know, I'm I'm someone of a creative myself, I suppose you say. One of those things that always catches me is like opening credit sequences. That's why I'm a fan of uh, James Bond movies because they have some of the best opening credit sequences. Right. Yes. Um, but for this one, this was really good. Like with the abstract feel of it, and the the one of the running themes through the couple of minutes of the opening credits is like a red drop, which is meant to symbolize blood. Right. What mm-hmm. I thought of though was the one drop rule. And how that it relates to this, because, you know, we're talking about a black vampire and the idea behind the one drop rule was that if you had one drop of so-called black blood, you were considered black. So that kind of tied. Ah, That's deep. Yeah, it kind of tied tied it in for me. Like it's not black blood that he's carrying. It's vampiric blood. So now he's a vampire, but he's still black. And I wish in in a certain way, as you go through the movie, you see where. Obviously, where black culture is touched on, obviously, quite a bit because most of the main cast is black. But I wish they would have had an opportunity to touch on, and I'm going to throw it out here, the intersectionality of being black and undead. 
I just thought well, that would have been a funny angle to take. Not funny, but an interesting angle to take. Like that just. I don't think they were that woke back then. You know what I'm saying? I don't think they were there yet, but I would have loved to have seen it. And a matter of fact, I was just reading that as of last year, they were talking about doing a remake to this. To Blackula? Yes. I think I saw that somewhere. Eh, leave that movie alone. I don't know. <laughs> if, eh, leave if they, it alone. If they updated. Yeah, he did with Vampire in Brooklyn. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Same movie. And bigger it, star. But um, speaking of the music, the mm-hmm. band that was playing is the famous Hugh Corporation. Mm-hmm. And most people might know them from that song, Rock the Boat. Yes. Rock the boat, don't rock the boat, baby. Mm-hmm. Rock the boat, don't tip the boat over. Mm-hmm. That was the band that was playing in the bar. Yes. And I, and I, I was looking at them, and I was like, why do they look familiar? They look like the Hugh corporation no it's not them but i one of the guys i recognize his face all too well and i was like okay that's them so i looked it up to confirm it and that was them one of the because they were singing and there were people dancing and the the one guy that was always on the right he was the slightly taller taller fellow that dude got into his dancing far more in the the group right yeah far more than the other two he would like they would he did his exaggerations of it was so good i had so much fun just watching him (laughs) i'm like that dude got into it i peeped that out too what i found um and i think we touched on it a little bit ago i think right before we came on is the relationship that tina the reincarnated luva has with mama walde and the relation the re- <laughs> <laughs> it was it was interesting just like we were saying it was interesting how this dude came literally out of nowhere and within 72 hours she's like no i have to have him i have to yeah. <laughs> it's all there is to it <laughs> he bought that expensive champagne that he never paid for he left before the bill <laughs> <Yeah>. came <laughs> Mess me up though is the 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 photo girl at the club right lives next door <laughs> yes, okay. she she takes pictures of them like the first night they're all together at the club and she manages to get a picture of mama walde and you know discovers later on what the deal is with him she goes to her her dark room to develop them and then sometime later in the film somebody finally asks what happened to nancy we hadn't seen right. her in a couple of days i'm like yo you don't care about her. She been missing this whole time, and you just never break it up. Kenyatta, it was our boy Big Skillet. <laughs> yeah, it was yeah. Big Skillet that was asking about her because Big Skillet, yeah, thing for her. liked her. <laughs> he yeah, did. and he liked the cape. He did like the cape. He did. I see that 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 graded on me. His character, like, okay, out of all the stereotypes you want to throw in this movie, that's the one. Yeah, okay. <laughs> I felt some kind of way about Big Skillet. I did. <laughs> yeah, well, here we go. You can feel about that way right now because I happen to have that scene because I had a feeling that it was going to bother you. <laughs> so here we go. Hey, what's happening? How's everybody? How you doing, brother? My name is Skillet. How's everything? Pull up a seat here and get some of this here. Join the party. Damn thing. Help yourself. Rich champagne. We gonna be doing it. Happy birthday. Thank you. 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 Mama Say, man, that is one strange dude. Who is it? One strange dude. I gotta check this cat out again, man. Did you see the rags he had on? <laughs> Bad key. I'd like to beat him out of that key. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was killer. I was done with him. <laughs> Little oh sport. goodness gracious! I was yeah, done with so, him. That was another thing because Blackula walks into a club. They didn't have those back when he where he came from. Yeah, 
and wonder where what the hell is this music? What's this? What's going on? <laughs> yeah, no, he no, no modern stuff seemed to bother yeah, him. He's just like, hey, yeah, this is cool. it's like he was cool with. Absolutely, he had like there was no. You're right. There was no indication that he was bothered by any of this whatsoever. Yeah, and like, you got to think the way they were dancing. They didn't dance like that back in that. What was it, the 1870s? Is that what it was? Yeah, 1780s. 1780s. Yeah, 1780s. Yeah, 1780s. Yeah, 1780s. Like that. So the people who would have danced like that back then would be considered possessed. Yeah. Right? Or something's wrong with them. They, they would have had like a ritual. Yeah, they would have had like a ceremony to drive the demons out or something. Exactly. <laughs> like none of that phased him. Like <laughs> he popped out the coffin and had lunch and then was like, okay, what are we finna do now? Like, dude, like give us some disorientation, d- something. Just let yeah. us, let us, let us in on the fact that we know, you know, shit ain't right here. It's not where you left it. <laughs> it's not where you left it. So. And how did he know he couldn't be photographed? Nobody told him. I mean, we know the exactly. legend. Exactly. Right. He didn't yeah, nobody had time to tell him. He was nope. in the coffin. Nope. Yeah, there were, there were no cameras whenever, uh, Dracula threw him in that coffin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. I got it. That first person, when he bit their neck, he absorbed all of their knowledge of the modern world. It would have to be something like that. That. <laughs> that would make more sense. It would have to be something like but that. But that's crazy. That was, yeah, it was. I was like, how did he? How was he not unnerved by all of this? Because every yeah. other vampire move I've seen, where somebody pops up. A hundred years later, or something. They're like, like even Brad Pitt in the interview with the vampire. He woke up like three days later and was like, "What the hell?" They were still in Louisiana. Yeah. It wasn't much new. He was just undead now. <laughs> yep. But as it were, take it as it is. So, but what um what got me though is that once the the doctor, the pathologist that worked for the police department. Once he figured out what the deal was and he was able to trace it all the way back to the, the, the gay couple at the beginning that got bit, he went and dug up the grave. I think it was mm-hmm. Billy. He went and dug up his grave just to prove what he was thinking. You know, you get bit, you turn. Right. So him and the girlfriend are at the grave. He's digging up the grave. He opens up the coffin and Billy pops up like, ah! Oh, yeah. Your man's your man's <laughs> punched like him dead right. in the face. <laughs> yeah. He punched him dead in the face. Yeah. And then he like like jumps from the top with the shovel. Yeah. It's broke right into his chest and then yeah. he does it like eight times. <laughs> and she's and like, What happened? <laughs> that and was his so girlfriend scary. screaming like, What? What's going on? What are you doing? Stop it. He's like, no, no, he's a vampire. It's okay. He's alive, but he's alive. <laughs> he's like, no, girl, no. <laughs> and she's all, you need to tell your boss. He's all, he ain't going to believe me. We got to show him. <laughs> Which he's not wrong. <laughs> he's not wrong. And he did exactly that. They get in the car. They head back. He goes and gets, you know, the lieutenant or whoever from the police department. They go to the morgue. Where the body of lady cab driver is there, and lady he's he's yeah the song yeah no <laughs> yeah I love it no that was hilarious and when he calls the morgue the morgue attendant um tells him straight up pull her body out but lock the door behind you he's yeah. like yeah 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 okay he doesn't do it well no <laughs> and the doctor and the other police officers show up there's blood all over the place what happened and then might I add I absolutely love that scene where she busts out of the room and comes screaming down the hall oh, to, yeah. to attack the morgue attendant. Yeah. That was a well done <laughs> scene. <laughs> that was good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I would have been like, oh shit, I'm getting the fuck out of here. Basically. <laughs> right? <laughs> like he's on the phone. He's got his back, I guess, towards her. But she's running down. How could you not hear her screaming like a banshee? That's right. my sound like a, a small poodle. Or something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he was screaming down the hall. That would be my first my first hint. I'm dropping the phone. I'm going. It, I'm, yeah. I'm, no, I'm not going to stand there and see what's coming. I'm going. Man, you already lost the arm. Yeah. 
Yeah, with, the, with his too long hook. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's up there busy scratching his head. They, did, I think they did that on purpose. They wrote them parts in there where he's scratching his head just so they could emphasize the fact that he had a hook hand. Stop it. <laughs> Stop it. <That's> <laughs> I loved it. Yeah, yeah. One thing I thought was funny was no one could stop in their cars. Every single time someone pulled up to stop, it was, <laughs> you know, slam on the yeah. brakes. You Every single the, time. The car be rocking back and forth like. <laughs> yeah, that was one thing. Yeah, the movie was urgent. Everything yes. was yeah. urgent. Yes. And then when he gets, his name is Gordon. He plays, I mean, Dalmas, whatever his name is. He plays Gordon, right? Yes. Right. Yeah. So when Gordon runs into the house to get um, Blackula off of Tina. Right. He punches him, whatever, this, that, and the other, but then Blackula runs. Yes. Right? Yes. Runs off. But then he runs into these cops and beats up this cop, throws him everywhere. The cop shoots him like, what, six times? Yeah. Yeah. So why did he run from Gordon when he can do all that to the cop? Why ain't he just stay there and just do it? Like, <laughs> get it. And then he's running from the law. Why are you running from the law? You, you can get, you can take care of all of them. You are a vampire. Right. <laughs> and I have to say, unless I missed it, I don't think we saw the morgue attendant again. Because, and I think this is where, this is, I guess this is maybe my OCD was coming in about vampire lore. That vampires bite somebody, drink their blood pretty much until they're dead. They're dead. But in order to turn somebody into vampire, you drink some of their blood. Then you turn around and give them some of the vampire blood. And it kind of is like a little cycle until you fully turn them into vampire. All Mama Walde was doing was just biting them for maybe 30 seconds. And all these people are automatically turning into vampires. I'm like, yeah. wait a minute. It was no. it was vampire virus COVID-19. Yeah. I yeah. mean. <laughs> cause you, yeah, cause you didn't have their shots. I, I something. Because <laughs> you saw the, the couple, the ones that he bit in the very beginning. You saw them up and walking around the streets. Yep. Arm in arm, just like they was out on the town. I'm like, what? Both of them turned? What? What? Wait a minute. I, mm, okay. That one got me. I think that was just a little, that was just me. I just felt some kind of way about the way they were just kind of goofing up the lore. But I don't know. I'm, a, I'm, I'm still a, trying to figure out why he ran from the cops. That's a good I, point. That, that, he could have, maybe because it would have been the end of the movie because everybody would be dead. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. <laughs> you survived six bullets. You ran from Gordon. For all reasons, and you're running from the law. That's funny. <laughs> it is yeah. kind of funny. It and what is. was the deal with the the unibrow weird facial hair that happened when they vampired out as well? I didn't I get know. that. <laughs> I didn't understand that. I was yeah. like, why? Why does it only happen when he fangs out? What? I don't. Is that supposed to make him look more frightening? Is that the even, that's the, that? even the other vampires had um, unibrows? Yeah, they yeah. did. They did. Here's here's another part that I kind of found interesting, and I don't know if it was supposed to be in character or in un unintentional, but the scene where Mama, Mama Walde goes to Tina's apartment to to tell her who he is and who he says she is, and they're sitting on the couch and he starts sweating, and mm -hmm. at first it's you like you see just a little bit of sweat up near like his hairline, and then the next scene, you know, they switch to her and then they switch back to him, and now the sweat is like halfway down his forehead, and I'm like, okay. Is this him in character? Like, is he sweating because he's jonesing for blood? Or are the lights on the set too hot? And that, <laughs> and that cape is a little bit too heavy. Is that like no one wanted to go in there and just dab that off or something? I I couldn't understand why they kept that part in there. Was it supposed to mean something? That confused me. It probably was the lights and I, not being able to do a bunch of takes. Right. I think like, I was thinking later on that might have been what, and plus that costume was probably hella heavy. Yeah. Because yeah. out of everybody, he probably was wearing the most clothes out of everybody in that cast. Yeah. Yes. It kind of, it kind of, <laughs> it kind of got me though. Like you, someone could have easily dashed in there when they cut to her. Someone could have easily dashed in there and just dabbed his forehead and just dashed out. I mean, that was my thinking, but I'm like, yeah, it could have been. They only had so much time to get the takes right. And he may have been sweating the entire time. Like yeah, they could have, yeah. they could have done nine takes of that scene, and he was probably sweating the whole time. They were like, "Forget it, just, just keep going." <laughs> just keep maybe going. he, maybe he found her so attractive that it just made him sweat vampire sweat. I kind of thought that's what it was, sort of like um, Twilight. Um, yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, like yeah, when Edward, like yeah, Edward was like so fixated on Bella 
that he would like literally sit still, like he was frozen, like he was so entranced by her, he couldn't help himself. I kind of thought of it like that, but I'm like, one of those well, maybe things. he was sweating from the fact that he didn't want to be tempted yeah. by her too because he was jonesing. Yeah, it might be that. That's a, that's kind of why I was out with it. It doesn't make sense why they would keep that in if it was a well, just like Jack said, budget. Budget. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't make any sense to keep that in when all you gotta do is wipe it off. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that that may have been part of the plot. I'm I'm probably gonna be curious about that for a while. I just thought it was interesting, and I should also I should also add. That again in this movie, the fashions for the 1970s were on point. Yes, fantastic, definitely. fantastic costuming. I, I have to say, and the froze; those were some of the prettiest froze I had seen in a while. They were perfectly picked out and trimmed. They were awesome. Even the doctors. I'm surprised they let that doctor get away with having that big of a fro in the police department. So that's just me. Maybe they let him get away with it because he talked crazy to him. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, maybe. <laughs> but oh yeah. it, I actually watched like the first five minutes of the sequel. Mm-hmm. And I think I think we're we're in for a treat. Oh my. <laughs> I'm gonna have to get on that as soon as possible. Is the part is the sequel, is that um called Scream Black the Black of the Scream? Yes. Mm-hmm. That's what Pam Grier is in that. Is she? Yeah, I think Pam Gere was in. I think I saw a trailer because I was trying to find Blackula, and when I when I found it, I pressed play on it, and she happens to show up. And I she is scream, yeah, Blackula scream. I was like, I don't remember her being in Blackula. And I thought this was the first one, but then I found out no, this is the sequel. Yeah, that's what happened to me. I'm watching it, and I was like, that just doesn't seem quite right. Right. And the other thing I noticed is whoever the filmmakers were, they must have liked Coors because that was the only beer in that in both movies was Coors. <laughs> was what <laughs> Coors? Coors beer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you got some some good product placement in there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but here's here's a here's another scene that I thought was interesting. Uh, once the doctor and you know the, the police lieutenant get on, they finally you know they've. They're, they've discovered they have a problem on their hands, I guess you would say. And they, they go about the business of trying to track down Mamawalde. And he and he shows up near Tina's apartment building, I guess, communicates with her telepathically. Yes. <laughs> call, calls her out of the apartment. Okay. Her friend, I mean, her sister, Michelle, and uh, the doctor and the lieutenant are all sitting in the kitchen, right there in the kitchen. And she comes in and... You know, they're concerned. Are you okay? She's like, I couldn't sleep, blah, blah, blah. And she's wearing, I guess, a nightgown. And then yeah. she goes back in, lays down. And then Mama Wade is somewhere nearby and calls out to her. She's still in the nightgown. Literally in the space of a couple minutes, uh, the doc and, and the cop and the, uh, the girlfriend, they get the call that he's nearby. So they run out. This is like in the space of a couple minutes. Tina walks out of the house in a trance, fully dressed. Right. In a in a coordinating outfit along with some thigh high leather boots. Yes. <laughs> How did you get in that outfit in a matter of minutes? I was amazed at that one. I was like, that was a whole coordinating outfit with some some hot shorts and a scarf in these boots. What? Yep. Wait, yep. what? <laughs> when you're in love and possessed, exactly. it's amazing how fast you can get dressed. Clearly. Cause I, that blew my mind. I'm like she got not she didn't just get dressed and put on some sweats and a t-shirt. She put on a whole outfit and an accessory and rolled out of the house to go look for him. Yeah. So they end up wherever they ended up in the in the the warehouse or whatever. And the cops are now on their like the uniform cops are on their tail. And one of them chases the two of them down there. That dumb dumb police officer went and tried to apprehend a suspect by himself. Yeah. What who what kind of what part of police procedure did that dude not listen to? Because he's dead now. Yeah. <laughs> he got bit. Yeah. You went in there behind somebody that you knew that was supposedly dangerous by yourself. Right. Yep. You dope. And then <laughs> he was. I was just looking like, where's his partner? Where's his backup? He was there by himself, trying to be a hero. Please, that's the LAPD. Anyway. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Isn't that on their doors to protect and serve and try to be a hero? That's what it says. (laughs) (laughs) 
But then you get the doctor, the lieutenant, the girlfriend, they show up and they've got four more cops with them. I'm like, this is the backup. Y'all are late because man's is dead. He's up there dead now. (laughs) And the guy that owns or not owns is like the supervisor of whatever that underground chemical thing they're in. He just wandered around with a flashlight like, what's going on here? No cop bothered to say to him, maybe you should go outside. Something. Let us handle this situation. (laughs) And then all of a sudden you see the the three main characters and the uniform cop. And then the very next shot, you see one of the uniform cops got pushed into something is getting electrocuted. Like literally in the next shot, like where, who pushed him? How did that happen? Like you didn't, you didn't see how that happened. You just saw the end result. Your man's getting electrocuted. I was yeah. like, Blackie is fast now. Is this what this is? He just snuck past all of them and killed this dude just that quick. Cause all of a sudden you hear him from the other side of the room up a story or down a story calling out for the doctor i'm like how did that happen mm-hmm. how did he kill the cop and then end up all the way over there in the next he turned into a bat and flew man that <laughs> bat transformation <laughs> <laughs> i was weak i was like yeah. i just i understand they working with x amount of dollars in the budget i get it but dang it <laughs> I was like, we had to wait two thirds into the movie before we saw him turn to a bat. Exactly. <sighs> Dang. <laughs> Got to save the expensive special effects for later the on in the film. The <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be the sequel. <laughs> Speaking of budget, did you notice that Tina in her sister's apartment was the exact same apartment, just dressed differently? The way the yeah. front door was in that arch, it was the exact same apartment. Mm-hmm. They were like, "Okay, all of the Tina scenes are filmed, and let's let's quickly turn it into Michelle's apartment." <laughs> <laughs> no one will notice. <laughs> it was though. No, You're I right. Even, I didn't even notice that. I did. Yeah, yeah I but because it was weird. It was when they did shots like them running, let's like, say, from the kitchen to the front door. It was kind of weird because there was part of the wall that was cutting stuff off. Yeah. And that's what I noticed first. I'm like, wait a minute. Are they still in Tina's apartment or no? Oh, no. Oh, yeah. okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But once again, that probably has to do with budget concerns and yeah. making a set li- or even renting a space like that probably just didn't have the money to and make two sets or whatever. Oh, that's yeah. 72. So, yeah, a lot of resources for that kind of thing wouldn't happen. Yeah, yeah. that's I, true. I would say for the budget, though. I think they did pretty good. All uh, things for what it was. For what it was, yeah. Yeah, I agree. It is hilarious. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure. Yeah, I think they were trying to go for a serious one, but it was hilarious to me. And they should um, pat themselves on the back for the attempt. I would say, yeah, I would say yes. Definitely. Yeah. Especially especially for this being one of the very first I won't even I won't even necessarily just say black exploitation, one of the first horror movies starring a yeah. black lead. Yeah. They had yeah. they had a good idea with it. They had a good idea with it. And I I I kind of I found it interesting that they found his coffin down there, opened it, went for the stake, and it turned out to be Tina. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. But then, first of all, you just killed the love of his life. Why was he more upset? Like, why didn't he come for them? You he you just they just staked your woman. Why are you not coming for them? You are a vampire. You need to handle this. He just stood over there like while his heart slowly broke, and then he mm. went ahead and, and went upstairs and. And then he says a poem in a sense. Yeah. Yeah. Suicide, <laughs> suicide by sunlight. I'm like yo. Yeah, suicide by sunlight. <laughs> <laughs> the worms came quick. Yeah, they yeah. did. Yeah, yeah, they definitely did. I was like, is that because he's almost 200 years old? Is that, is that what it is? I guess so. And what I mean, folks, who's listening to Worms, um, the, uh, Dracula goes in the sun, burns to pieces, body, corpse, as soon as he's dead, he actually already has um, worms coming out of his face. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Things like that. Eye Definitely. sockets and yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, 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 the body decay just that fast. That fast. I guess. Yeah, a couple of centuries do that to you. I would guess so. I guess it's just accumulated 
what should have been his death, yep. I suppose. Well, really, it was just the theme of the movie. Everything happened mm-hmm. so fast. He went from yeah. stalker yeah. to she loves him to them making love. Yeah, like nobody so cared. Yeah. yeah, it was. It was. There was no slow spots here. Uh, it just I kept. When she said "I love you," I remember, um, when she said that real quick, I was like, "Are you serious? You just met him. You thought he stole your purse. He yeah. returned it, and since he returned it, and he already told you that he's Dracula." <laughs> You love him already. That's what got me the scene in the apartment where her sister's trying to talk to her, Michelle, and she's like, well, You know who he is, you know what he's done. You you can't tell me you still care about him. And Tina's like, Well, um, mm, mm. and Michelle starts screaming at a girl, You know, he could kill all of us, right, exactly. <laughs> and you still love this man. She's like, Mmm. Like, she's really thinking about it, and I'm like, yo, that's messed up. It's she's like, yeah, but you don't understand. When he makes love, he's doing it 1780s style, and I've just never exactly. experienced that. Yeah. <laughs> it would have to be something, because <laughs> it would have to be something. But So, just to touch on some interesting little tidbits related to the movie. Yes. Blackula opened in Washington, I'm assuming D.C., Dallas, Seattle, and Oklahoma City on July 26, 1972, and in Chicago two days later. Hmm. We just inadvertently did this on the 50th anniversary. Isn't that something? <laughs> that is true. I mean, we planned that on purpose. We did. We did. Did y'all for real? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Um, the movie eventually grossed over a million dollars, and it was one of the highest-grossing films of all of 1972. And um, let's see. Of course, reviews on it were mixed, and that's that's to be expected. Even even for audience at that time, you know, you expect it to be, you know, some like it and some dope for what it's for what it was. I enjoyed it. I know that. And, and, it's, and, it's, and it's tough, too, because on the, I think that's a familiar character within itself. Mm-hmm. And right. Doing it especially of a different um, ethnicity, you know. Mm-hmm. And so it's hard. Those can play a factor as well. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. And there were there was special attention given to the fact that they included the the gay couple at the beginning of the movie. Because yeah. you, you didn't see that too often in movies at that time no and not 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 just to have them gay to have them be interracial and gay yeah was an especially significant touch that that actually threw me off i didn't expect that at all i didn't either i I didn't get it at first until i started hearing the slurs that they were saying Mm -hmm. you know i mean that's when i realized oh they're talking about the two dudes in the beginning okay Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i i like for me, I didn't. I didn't have a problem with them including it all because if you're making a movie about a black vampire, go ahead and throw it all in. Just get every, right. get get everything in there you can. Just try all the new stuff. Introduce anything you want to because you're doing right. something for the first time that nobody's seen before. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> Just throw it all in there. Just get it all in there. But um, I don't know. This is just my opinion, and this is not me saying anything at all about the LGBT community in any way whatsoever. But um, I find it disconcerting sometimes to see that particular stereotypical depiction of gay men. I know that there are infeminate gay men, obviously, but I I guess sometimes I have trouble with with it seeing with it that being the go to depiction of gay men most often. Because that's not true. Not Obviously, not every gay man acts like that. And there's nothing right. wrong with that, obviously. It just kind of irks me sometimes. Because yeah. it seems sometimes it gets played for laughs. And yeah. it shouldn't be like that. Yeah. So I was, I was a little bit like, huh. I like the fact that they included him in there, though. Period. Right. So I, yeah. I enjoyed the, the, the thought to that. Because like we were saying, if you're going to get all these, these elements in there, just go for it. Why not? Yeah, it's like I was saying at the beginning of the, when we first started talking about this, is that they completely went 100% stereotype on the decorators, which is sort of funny because it's a movie that's playing on 
stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. You know, anyway, I, I, you're right. I, sometimes it's weird looking back at something that's 50 years old with a modern lens. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Like I said, I go back to the woke word. We end up yeah. getting woke. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the whole situation be like, you know what? We could have done better with it, but hey, we wouldn't be able to do better if that didn't happen. Correct. Right. Mm-hmm. Absolutely correct. Yeah. Yep. You gotta make some mistakes that you may not know are mistakes to move yeah. forward sometimes. So mm-hmm. absolutely. And and the fact that they, you know, the filmmakers said this is something that we need to do, that we want to do. We want to explore black folks in horror movies. Why not? And of course, now that's that's given way to so many, so many horror movies helmed by and starring black folks. So there's there have, there always has to be a start to something. Yeah. And it's yep, almost yep. it's almost always going to be imperfect. But in this in this regard, I appreciate it for that, primarily for that fact. It's kind of pioneered and led the way for blacks to be able to tell these stories of black folks in horror movies that didn't get killed first. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, look at Jordan Peele. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The, these kind of movies are, the, are what led him to be able to do the movies that he does and have such a claim behind them. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Jordan Peele's a genius, by the way. Yes. He, is. <laughs> he most definitely is. Even though I didn't know that it wasn't him playing out um, Elvin on uh, the Cosby show. <laughs> he does look like him, though. But he <laughs> he not, does I'm look not, like him. He even admits it. He even admits that he looks like him. He does. <laughs> he really does. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, that for for what that movie was at the time, I appreciate it for that fact alone. I mean, yeah. it's cheesy, it's got plot holes, but for what it was supposed to be, it was well done. It yeah, really and was. I would encourage people to watch it. You know what I'm saying? Take it for what they take from it. We we're just going through the movie and just making points that we see. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that it's a bad, bad movie. I urge you guys to go ahead and just check it out for yourself. Yeah. You laugh, you laugh, you take it serious, and it changes your life to want to be a vampire. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> just go ahead and um, check it out. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. I, I would add go and watch some of the movies we talk about in part one of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, the worst that's going to happen is you're going to laugh about how cheesy things are or you're going to enjoy it and you know have have a good time (laughs) definitely and if you watch enough of them and watch with an open mind you'll see you know the common themes that thread through most of these movies oftentimes so you know as we discussed in in part one there was a growing need for uh, black black creatives to be able to create what they wanted to to be able to tell the stories they wanted to tell the way they wanted to tell them Yep. And Blackula happened to be, you know, one of the bigger known or better known at the time movies to be able to do that. So definitely, definitely do yourself a favor and and watch some of these movies and see how how they work themselves into the movie culture at large. And they are they are an important part of it. Definitely. Yeah. And it sort of led to this weird thing at the time, too. In the 70s, there was also Black Frankenstein. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't even know that. And then <laughs> the, uh, the awesome Bernie Casey was in um, Dr. Black and Mr. Hyde, which is Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, because he couldn't have had the last name of Jekyll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but <laughs> but um, mm-hmm. I, I would imagine that there's probably a whole series that we don't even know about, because there were yeah. over 200 black exploitation films made in this. So there probably are sort of other horror tropes that we just don't know the name of that True. that are out there. So True. And I think having this this genre obviously once this particular period passed for the most part we started seeing like, you know, mid late 80s into the 90s we started seeing sort of a renaissance of black filmmaking where we again we started seeing black folks not just in front of camera but behind it again being able mm-hmm. to tell those stories the way they wanted to but they had largely stepped away from these so-called stereotypical depictions and and for the most part what we were getting during that era was black people doing pretty much or having the same kind of stories and same kind of life experiences as everybody else to an extent mm-hmm. yeah. so yeah. that was I think definitely uh, 
an offshoot of this particular era of film that we started seeing um, black creators be able to, to wield more control in mainstream Hollywood as opposed to having to operate outside of it. So yeah, and and getting budgets and getting yeah. budgets. I mean, one of those one of those beneficiaries of that obviously was is the great Spike Lee. I mean, yeah. he's one of he's one of the best to do it. So yeah. I yeah, definitely sure. oh yeah. And he started out, you know, with a relatively small budget movie that, you know, at, at this day and time is considered by many to be a, a classic. A classic. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it and it touched on something that hadn't been touched on before. Yeah. Because um, the main character is a woman who happens to have three lovers. Yeah. <laughs> and they all know about each other and they're fine with it. And it was one of those moments in there that you got to see black female empowerment. Black black female autonomy. Nobody was really touching on that in the way that he did with that very first movie. So every time you see certain movies that touch off a certain era of film, you know, if you pay attention, you can kind of walk back and see where they got their ideas from or where it started from or where it evolved from. And did he um isn't it true that he did that movie in black and white because he couldn't afford color, or that was the style thing that he did? I want to say it was an, an issue of style because there is one scene in the movie that's done in color. Um, it was the scene where I can't think of which one of the boyfriends, one of the boyfriends um, did a birthday celebration for, and he hired a couple of dancers okay. um, yeah, to I do the performance. Wow. All yeah. the movie we're talking about is she's got to have, gotta have it. it. Yeah. And there's a one scene in there that's maybe 10 minutes long. That's in full color. I think that may have been a stylistic choice, I okay. think. But, you know, stories vary depending on, on who's telling it. But Right. I think it I think it holds up well in black and white. Oh, and, it does. It does. I was just wondering yeah. because that was his first thing. You know what I mean? And he didn't have that big of a budget. And color, I knew it was more expensive than black and white. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What I found interesting was the main character in that. I didn't find this out two years after I had seen... The, the next film I saw her in, she plays as a supporting character in New Jack City, which yeah. also takes some of its um, inspiration from the black exploitation area as far as crime lords and things like that. Yeah. But um, she plays a supporting character in that movie. So and that's listed. New Jack City is um, listed as a, a black exploitation movie. I don't, it was, that was interesting. When I saw, I saw the same list you probably saw. And I thought I had to think about that for a minute. I'm like, I suppose you could say it was inspired by. Yeah. But I think it took itself a whole hell of a lot more seriously than some of the black exploitation movies did. So, and, and, and quite frankly, Nino Brown wasn't nobody to cheer for. (laughs) Yeah. And people, people forget, um, the word exploitation is in black exploitation. So right. mm-hmm. how you put it together makes it sound nastier than than anything. Yes. But it was coined by, like he said, uh was Junius? Yes. Yeah, Junius something. Was the, the president of the LA and WACP at the time. Yeah. I can't think yeah, of the last exactly. name right now. So either, he so. felt like it was a um it was the uh exposing black people to stereotypes mm-hmm. just that you know that's the reason why and he's the one yeah he coined it that way and it became that since then yeah yes yeah it, it's sort of a catch-22 because on the one hand yes it was done sort of out of exploitation but also on the other hand if you're a black creative actor you yeah. want to get a paycheck you're trying to get work yes <laughs> yeah. and yes. you so, work you created yep yeah so yeah, so I didn't get all, and you're right. That is like a a, a catch twenty two. It's, it's crazy because I agree with you. Yeah, yeah. You know, going into it, do I really want to? But you know what? Food is good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got to pay the rent. I mean, I give you a thespian like the one who played Blackie, but you can tell he's a thespian. Oh yeah. I remember when I was a kid. Um, somebody had said something about I was. I think I was taking like a few small little courses doing what I can summon. Oh, yeah, she's a thespian. Oh, she likes girls? No. Thespian <laughs> is a serious actor, blah, blah, blah. I said, oh, I, I, I think I was like 15 years old or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, you could definitely tell that William Marshall, that's who plays 
the yes. main character? Yeah. Yes. You could yeah. tell he was a stage actor. Just yeah. the way he, he was, carried himself, the way he spoke, his inflections. He was an opera tell. singer. He's there the, you go. That yeah. Makes yeah. That makes sense. That makes yeah. sense. I bet he had a beautiful voice. Yeah. I wish I would have realized that. I would have went and seen if I could have found a clip of him singing. Yeah. yeah. I'm pretty sure I'll find something somewhere. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. But YouTube Please. was not having me watch that movie, so I found it on Pluto TV. <laughs> yeah, I didn't I, mind the commercials. And actually, I thought it was long. I thought it was going to be long, and it's not really that long. No, no, no. Uh-huh. I, I actually paid four bucks and watched it on Amazon Prime. Uh, I wish uh, I wish you would have hit me up, and I would have showed you. Do you have <laughs> TV? <laughs> I don't know if I do or not. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Rewind. Rewind. You say you you pay for it on Amazon? Yeah. Every time I looked it up, they only had the DVD. Because I was going to pay to watch it. Yeah, no, I rented it on Prime. It was like four bucks. You got to be coming hmm. out of nowhere. She's, um, Kieta sent me the link. The link wouldn't take me. It says that it doesn't work. Oh, uh, did it? Yeah. It sucks. For some reason. It was a, probably a separation in the link somewhere. I don't know. Oh, uh, okay. It was like yeah. this okay. family show because of this link or something like that. Oh, okay. It wasn't like a virus type thing. Okay. Yeah, because when I watched it, out, it was it was just fine and pretty good quality. But I would have paid for it yeah, if, if that was the case. Yeah. I wouldn't have had an issue with it. Like yeah, I said, yeah. it was it would have definitely been worth it. So yeah, but yeah, now, I Scream Blackula Scream is on YouTube. The whole movie, is. yes. Yeah, that's the and one if I we decide to review it, of course, then it will be gone from YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> It would have to be. <laughs> yeah. It would have to be. Yeah, Pam Greer is in that movie. So I got to see yes. that. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and with that, guys, we have once again reached the end of our episode. I enjoyed uh, myself. I love it. I I did too. Uh Me any too. quick final thoughts, you know, just real quick you want to throw out about the movie, two thumbs up? The only thing I have to say is do not make a remake. You don't think so? No. Yeah. That's just my opinion. <laughs> I mean, you have yeah. a point because they 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 did it in spirit with Vampire in Brooklyn, which was eh. But yeah. <laughs> so on the same lines as Blackula, and they tried to do it again, didn't work. Mm-hmm. So it's not going to work again, um, especially nowadays. But what's that vampire? The kitty vampire joint? What is that? Twilight. Twilight that killed it for everybody. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah, you might be kill, right. Yeah, the concept and everything that killed it for anybody trying to do it. But you got to come harder with a different vampire movie nowadays. You're right. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't really seen a vampire movie since the end of Twilight that really, really hit right. like that. And yeah. Underworld was good too because they yeah. dealt with vampires and lichens. So yeah. yeah, and and honestly, vampires really aren't that big of a deal anymore. All I got to do is go to the toy store, buy some sucker soakers, fill them up, <laughs> and have a priest. Have a priest bless your super, super soaker and you're just done. Just mow them down. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, now, this it, isn't like the 70s where a water gun only shot three feet. You now, know, super soakers got range. <laughs> if, you, if you really want to see an interesting, surprisingly decent vampire movie, you know, not necessarily black, but just vampire movie, period. It was a made-for-TV series miniseries version of Salem's Lot by Stephen oh, yeah, King. I've seen that. Yeah, that's a, that's yeah, that was a good King. one. Stephen King. Yes. Yeah. They did a pretty decent job bringing that to to the TV and it has that scene. I think a lot of you remember the scene with the little boy. Yes, that's Flo- the yeah. It still freaks me out to this day. <laughs> yeah. So, but overall, yeah, I would give it two thumbs up for what it was for what it wanted to do and for the many opportunities that came after it for a lot of black creatives, I give it thumbs up for for what it was wanting to do. Definitely. Yeah. I, Blackula, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, I also give it two thumbs up, partially for what Kenyatta just said, and partially because it was corny, but I enjoyed watching it. I just had a good time. It was an hour and a half of just having a good time and I appreciated that. So right. mm-hmm. <laughs> you know it wasn't I give it, I give it um I give it two thumbs up. I'll give it that much. I was going to give it one and a half because Pam Greer's not in that one. <laughs> I was going to give it one and a half, but nah, it was, it was entertaining to watch. I always so the, to watch something different. 
and something out of what you normally watch or your faves. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? It's usually good to give it a chance. That's True. even with like, just, yeah, yeah try Definitely. everybody out. Yes. Yep. Yeah. All right, listening, listening friends, if you enjoyed this episode, please give us a like and a positive review on whatever podcasting platform you use. And if you really liked it and would like to see us do something like this again, uh, leave a message on our Facebook page. <gasps> you guys, I hate to end this on a sad note. Nichelle Nichols. Oh, she wow. was eight. She was eighty-nine. Oh my God, no, uh, no! Uh, I'm so sorry. Oddly enough, mentioning that fantastic lady ties right in with groundbreaking black creatives. She was at the top yeah. of the heap for me. So, rest in peace. Mm. Yeah, actually, as I was doing research, Nichelle Nichols was in a black exploitation film where apparently she played the head villain yeah. in the movie, which. At the time, I guess, really shocked people to see her not be Ahura <laughs> and nice. Oh, wow. <laughs> and um, I can't remember the name of the movie, but yeah. So even oh, though that is sad news, it ties into our, our theme. It does. I don't know if she was on Star Trek. Yeah. Yes. As a matter of fact, we mentioned, we mentioned her in, in, yeah. in part one of our episode uh, about her and uh, William Shatner having the first interracial kiss on broadcast television. Right. Yep. So. yep. And then she also went on to be an ambassador for NASA, and she is credited with, I guess, a bunch of black people becoming astronauts. Yes. <laughs> so. She very much is. She very much is. Rest in pieces. Yes. That's All right. And all right, I'm going to transition real quick before we take off. Uh, Tim, if you could uh, maybe plug your, your stuff that you yeah. do. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, Tim Bird, Tim Bird Music. And that's B-Y-R-D, folks. T-I-M-B-Y-R-D music.com. And um, what I do is I do music for TV and film. And you can always, uh, let's say, if you need some music behind your websites or any kind of media that you want, just hit me up at timbirdmusic.com. And you all can right. follow me on um, all the social medias with the same name, Tim Bird Music. All righty. We appreciate you coming on. Thank you. I appreciate Indeed. you guys having me again. Thanks for yeah. having. Thanks for joining us again because we know we're yeah. weird. So we appreciate <laughs> it. <laughs> no doubt. Uh, this was a great way to spend a Sunday. It was. Definitely. So, anyway, with that, I'm going to say bye. Peace, Jack. Bye. <laughs> bye, Kenyatta. Bye, Tim. <laughs> bye, everyone. Night, John, boy. As always, thank you for listening to our podcast. If you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review, hit that like button, and subscribe on your preferred podcast platform. Your feedback is valuable, and we welcome it. If you would like to contact, connect with, or just want to see what we talk about between episodes, you can find us on Facebook under our podcast name, on Instagram at K-A-Y-A-N-D-J-A-Y-S-T-W, our website, podpage.com slash Kenyatta-Jack-Save-The-World, or email at k.j.savetheworld at gmail.com. If you would like to learn about and contribute to our chosen charities, you can do so at Service Dog Project at servicedogproject.org and Black Women's Health Initiative at bwhi.org. Kenyatta and Jack Save the World is a product of Hyper Focus Podcasts.